So this, uh, I don't know if you've seen this painting, there. it's a, a picture of this painting up on the wall here, on the uh, projector. So Rebecca uh, painted this maybe a couple of years ago, and it's based on Ezekiel, uh, where there's this description of river of life flowing out of the temple, and you've got, um, so this is Hope Chapel, we're, we're a, a people in a place of prayer and worship. Um, did, Duncan, did you write that song, that um, Honey from the Rock song? Where is Duncan? Didn't write it, Okay. I thought it articulated really well a lot of what we've been doing in recent weeks and, and feeding on about God being our source of life in the context of an economy. And, and uh, so, this, so this, as you can see in the picture, as, as the water, the river flows out of the temple, out, out of the sort of symbolic temple, out, out of the people of God, the, people, the place where Jesus is worshipped, what follows is, um, is a fruitfulness wherever that river travels. And you've got plants growing, you've got a flourishing of wildlife, fish, and so on. And it's a description out of the, out of, uh, the book of Ezekiel, picked up again in, in, in Revelation. And what I love about that is it, is it describes the fruitfulness that is, should be a sort of natural outworking of us as we walk with Jesus, as we follow Jesus. That's, that's, it, it can't help but be fruitful and life-bringing. And this morning we're going to be hearing from the, the team from Good Faith Partnership, so Joseph, Claire, and David, and um, they do some fantastic work in the city and around the, the nation um, in terms of addressing some of the major challenges that society has from a faith perspective. So I'm going to be handing over to Claire, and we're going to be be hearing from them, uh, inspired by what they're doing. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm going to hand over to you. Great, thanks, Chris. Amazing. Hi, everyone. Is this, is this on? Can you hear me? Great. Hi, yes. And, and this camera, is this about the right place? Wonderful. Great. So, yeah, so I'm Claire. I think I know most of you. Um, and it's really, we're really delighted to be invited to share a bit about, um, our work today. Um, so I work with my friends and colleagues, David and Joe, and we all work for this um, funny little company called the Good Faith Partnership. Um, and we're going to share a bit today about a couple of the pieces of work that we have been doing over the last year. So David is going to share a bit about um, our Warm Welcome project that has been uh, created in response to the cost of living crisis this winter. And then Joe is going to share a bit about um, our work with Welcome Hubs for Ukrainians and um, other refugees. And um, both of those things are, um, are responses to economic uh, issues in this country. So this is... This isn't so much a talk about money, I would say, but it's definitely a talk about the economy. All of those things that, that we are doing, they involve the kind of the wider economy. They involve people, they involve relationships, they involve time, they involve energy, and they do also involve money. Um, and so we are really pleased to be able to just speak a bit about sort of what we do day to day in our workplace. Um, and we hope that it's there, they provide some interesting case studies of um, a little glimpse of what some of the dynamics of God's economy within the wider economy might look like. But before I hand over to my colleagues, I just wanted to explain a bit about the Good Faith Partnership um, so that you have some context of who we are and why we do what we do. So the Good Faith Partnership, or GFP, as we um, refer to it, is we are a social consultancy. We're quite small. There's probably about sort of 12, 15 people sort of on team. 
Um, we work nationally and also in, in Bristol. And we're not a charity, so we don't have one cause that we um, work sort of towards. But we, uh, what, we do consultancy works, we do various different projects which have um, some common themes. And the, the themes that Good Faith works with is, the, the first one is that we always work um, across different sectors. So we work um, with faith groups, that's the kind of the common theme. Um, and then we will do projects that involve working with faith groups and the public sector, so government and councils and maybe the health system, or uh, businesses and the private sector, or the voluntary sector, so local charities and community groups. And sometimes it will just be one of those, and sometimes we have projects that actually involve lots of those different stakeholders. So it's a really interesting intersection of kind of the economy in a lot of the different projects that we do. So that's the kind of the first thing to know about GFP is that we, we work between sectors. The second thing that unites our projects together is that we, our key value is to be relational. And I would say really what we sell as a consultancy is our ability to work with relationships between those people and really just sort of get them to talk to each other Alice speaks about sort of cultural translation that we have to do. Like we do a lot of cultural translation between the values of the private sector, the values of the public sector, the values of faith groups, trying to get those groups together to work on the, whatever kind of social issue it is that we're trying to solve. And the third thing that uh, is key to the Good Faith Partnership and the projects that we do is, is faith. So working with faith groups and believing that faith makes a difference to how you solve a social issue because faith changes how you do things and um, it changes how the economy works when people have faith. And so these stories, I think, are a really good example of the difference faith makes in looking at these two issues which are caused by sort of macroeconomic issues, right? So the, the war in Ukraine, that's political, but war is also always economic. There are sadly always economic factors that lead to, um, to wars happening. And there's always economic factors uh, in how we treat people fleeing war. Again, sometimes quite sadly, you know, the, the perceived value, our time, our energy, um, those dynamics will come out in the, in the stories that we tell. And then in um, the, the cost of living crisis, that obviously has been caused by the war. But it's also been an example, I think, of um, seeing that the economy that we depend on to deliver us peace, to deliver us um, prices that we can afford food and to heat ourselves, it's kind of broken on us, hasn't it? It's, it's, we've depended on it and it's let us down. And so what we just want to highlight in these stories is a little example of how um, God's people and people of faith have, uh, it's almost how God's economy has responded to some of those wider economic issues. And because these are real life stories, they're not perfect examples of God's economy. They're not sort of how it's going to run in heaven, but we have been so privileged, haven't we, to watch God's people and faith groups respond. So, that's a little sort of intro to, you know, this isn't a, a, a series on what we do at work. This is a series on God's economy. That's, that's the link, I think. And um, I'll hand over to you. Thanks, Claire. 
Um, yeah, it's brilliant to get to, to share a bit with you. So my name's David, uh, and I'm uh, one of the partners at the Good Faith Partnership. Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about, as Claire said, the Warm Welcome campaign. When you look in the Old Testament, you see quite a few stories of God using people who are proximate to, close to power in different ways. And God uses those people to try and bring blessing. So one of the most famous stories would be Joseph. Um, and God uses Joseph in his proximity to the Pharaoh in Egypt um, to help that country prepare for and get through a big famine. And, and there's m- multiple other stories in the Old Testament that have that same kind of resonance and theme. And I, I think that's a, a kind of part of our DNA at the Good Faith Partnership, is that we often find ourselves, as Claire said, connected to different sectors, but often also connected to power in different ways or connected to resource. And what we try and do is bridge the gap between those people and those groups that have power and resource and those that are lacking power and resource and shut out from those conversations. And so a good example, warm welcome is, is a great example of that. So we did a lot of work during the COVID pandemic with uh, national church leaders trying to help them have a good conversation with government about what was going on with the pandemic uh, and how churches could best respond. And as we came out of the pandemic, we were talking to those national church leaders and they wanted to keep working together and keep working with government on big social issues. So we set up something called the Church Works Commission and it's chaired by the Bishop of Durham and there's loads of different national leaders of denominations uh, who come together and they've picked some key issues they want to work on together, and then we help them find ways of working with government on those issues. And we had a meeting of those church leaders last uh, summer in the House of Lords talking about the cost of living crisis, and we heard from Trussell Trust, and we heard from a group called Christians Against Poverty, and we also heard from the former Prime Minister, Gordon Brown, uh, who was talking about, you might remember, he was in the news last summer as one of those people, along with people like Martin Lewis, who was saying this winter is going to be a disaster for people and we need to do something about it now. And so he was talking to these church leaders about that situation and what he saw coming. And one of the things he said was that he was in touch with local uh, authorities who were already at that point planning what he described as train station waiting room style heated spaces for families that weren't going to be able to pay their heating bills. And all of the church leaders in that meeting were like, he's right, there is a big problem coming down the road, but we have to do better than a train station waiting room. Um, for those of you with small kids or who've ever had small kids and been in a train station waiting room, not, not a huge amount of fun. So we came out of that meeting thinking there's a big, there's something here to, to be done, but we, we didn't really know what it was. And so we had a bunch of conversations. What could that be? talking to different partners, and this phrase, warm welcome, came out. as like, that's what we want, is, is actually places where people experience not just heat, but actually some kind of human connection and, and warmth as well. Um, but it didn't, it didn't exist, this thing. And we were like, we could see people were starting to talk about warm spaces, and there were various different conversations going on, but nothing was kind of bringing it together. Um, and then I, I had an interesting experience. I just, there was one night, this doesn't normally happen to me, but there was one night where I just, I couldn't sleep thinking about this, this problem and this thing that needed to be done. Um, and so I got up and started putting down some thoughts on paper about what it could look like, how we could build a website and how we could register organizations and then have a map where people could find their nearest 
uh, uh, warm welcome space. And, I, and I've learned from my, the other partner, Russell Rook, is very good at, at buying up URLs, buying website names in case we ever need them. Uh, and so I went online to see and, and warmwelcome.uk was available. Um, so I bought it uh, there and then. And then we started to started to kind of have these the conversation started moving forwards. And it was a bit of an act of faith in terms of resources because we didn't have any money to, to do this. So we, but we just were like, this needs to be done. So we started to spend some money, build a website. Um, we didn't spend a ridiculous amount of money, but you know, I invested a chunk of my time in trying to just have lots of conversations. This was summer holidays last, last year. And then there's another interesting thing that happened, which is that Duncan actually came over to me and Claire one Sunday and said, Guys, I've just been hearing all this stuff in the news about like warm spaces and what's coming this winter. And I really feel like someone needs to do something where we're encouraging churches to provide these kind of warm spaces for people. Is that, you know, is that something you guys are thinking about? And we were like, yeah, that is something we're thinking about. So just these little kind of nudges that were like, yeah, this is the direction to go. And that is the direction that we, that we've gone. And it, and it just grew and grew and grew. We had a, a launch event, uh, in September. Um, and we got Gordon Brown to, to record a video for it. And we, and we had all these different partner organizations that, were, that got involved. The Salvation Army got involved. We had libraries getting involved. We had all the different church denominations. Everybody basically recognized this is bigger than us, uh, but with, this is a thing that we can do together. And so we had almost a 1,000 people turn up to this online uh, launch webinar, and then we started registering spaces, and they just kept coming and kept coming. And we thought, oh, we'll get a few hundreds and then we'll have a map. And it'll, you know, a few hundred on a map nationally, that's, that's good. We've now got 4,000 organizations on the map. We've got over 6,500 that are registered with us. And we've just gathered all of these resources from these different organizations, experts on different topics. We're running webinars for these spaces. And we started raising money for the spaces as well. And, and again, God's economy, money has come from random places um, to, uh, to help in this. And we've had a couple of, of Christian kind of high net worth philanthropists that have seen what's been happening and just said, there you go, have a big chunk of money to do, to do the stuff that you need to do, but also to, to give away to the spaces. So we've raised, I think, just over 200,000 uh, pounds now that we've been able to give away to warm welcome spaces. And those spaces are, about 70% of them are churches, um, and they're doing the stuff that churches and other local groups do all the time. That's the beauty of it. We're not really trying to tell people locally what to do, but we're saying if you're offering something that's free, it's warm, it's welcoming, and it's safe, then come under the banner of this warm welcome uh, kind of brand, and we will uh, promote what you're doing. We'll help you uh, find good ways to do it, and, and we'll try and give you some money if we can. Uh, and then when the weather turned in December... Um, and it got really cold, suddenly that was the news. The news was warm spaces and what's going on. And so suddenly I found myself on BBC News and on Sky News and on various different radio programs. And uh, there was a moment where it looked like I was going to get interviewed by South Korean TV by a K-pop boy band member. Uh, <laughs> sadly, that didn't happen. Otherwise, I'd be showing you the video of it and, and probably playing it forever. Um, but it just, it just went crazy um, and continues to grow and evolve. And we're now just in this really interesting moment coming into 2023 where we're saying, okay, we've done, it's a thing now. We've got this, this kind of movement of organizations 
what do we do with it? And we're still, you know, talking to our partner organizations and, and hopefully listening um, for what God wants from this network. Um, and, and I think our heart really is for two things. One is for it to become a kind of platform for the revitalization of local churches, um, because we're seeing so many churches and other groups, libraries and, and other, other community organizations, using this warm welcome uh, opportunity. It's a, it's a crisis, but also an opportunity to serve and, and to offer something to people in their community who really need it. People really need a place to go right now um, if they can't afford to turn the heating on. And so that is, is, is making those organizations relevant in their communities in a way that they haven't been perhaps for a while, or certainly maybe since the pandemic, they've been struggling to see what's the point of getting together, what's the point of these buildings. So that's a, one, a big thing. And then the second thing is our heart is, is for this not to just be a sticking plaster on this huge systemic problem that we have, um, but to be a uh, a vehicle for the voice of those most affected by those issues to have a bigger say in the decisions that have led to this problem and some of the decisions that might potentially lead us into a better place. So we're working again with lots of partners to think about how do we listen to those who are coming along to warm welcome spaces, understand the issues that are driving that, and then build a voice collectively to try and speak into uh, the big, you know, the big conversations that are going to happen uh, about the direction of this country. So that's one welcome nationally. And Joseph's been uh, doing a brilliant job working particularly with churches in Bristol on that and on some of the refugee work. And so I'll, I'll hand over to him to give you a bit more colour. Hello. Are you enjoying this? Um, I just want to start by saying it's a real privilege to work with these two. As you can hear, they're very articulate, um, very clever, and just visionaries. But what I love most about them is their big heart. Like They really care. Like, although we're not a, a charity, um, people's well-being is ultimately what I think drives us when we, when we work and when we, when we talk. And I love it when you guys get angry about something because it, it shifts things and, and you're, you're so positive and you're, you want to see change. Um, sorry if that was a bit uncomfortable, but I just wanted to take this opportunity just to say you guys are amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, locally, um, I've just had the privilege of working locally with churches. So I um, do a lot with Andy Street, uh, with Christian Action Bristol. It's funny because like, like uh, David said, when, they, when the council pulled together what a definition of a warm space was, Andy and I just sort of looked at each other and just smiled and was like, that's what a healthy church is. And uh, this welcoming, open community, this supportive community. Um, and so one of my roles has just been to just encourage churches to open their doors um, in really important parts of the city. And uh, so far, 32 churches have, have opened their doors and have created warm spaces, which is actually over a third of all uh, welcoming spaces in total. So I'm, I'm involved with the... Uh, the coordination group, kind of repping churches at the Bristol City Council, which is fun. Um, but so many of these churches are small. You know, they have very small teams, very limited resource, but they want to do something, and they, they've chosen to open their doors, and I just love that. I just find it very moving uh, to see that. Um, and uh, similar to what, what David was saying, they kind of were thinking, how do we do this in a meaningful way? And they 
came up with this idea of community living rooms, inviting people into a warm space where you can have a coffee and, and connect and feel part of a community. It's very powerful. Um, that's actually not what I've been asked to talk about, so I'll move on quick. Um, so the other big project is around Ukraine. Ukrainians coming to the city. We're getting close to 700 Ukrainians now coming into Bristol, um, connected to the Homes for Ukraine scheme. And so one of the designs that um, Good Faith Partnership came up with was, was this concept of warm welcome, but in the, in the sense of welcome hubs. Um, so it's very similar, but um, again, set in churches. But we've the Good Faith Partnership has set up 15 welcome hubs in churches across Bristol. One of them is here, you'd be happy to know. So on a Thursday night, um, Chloe and I, we lead a team and we welcome and, and host Ukrainians here every Thursday evening. We've been doing that since, um, since May. And, and the challenge and the, the vision was, was can we create a safe place? Can we create a, not just a welcoming space, but just a community, a home away from home? like a safe place for these families that have just had to flee their country uh, to, to kind of build something here. And it's been a great challenge. It's been, it's been, it's been difficult, but it's been, it's been worth it. It's been so good. Um, so initially, when I heard about this, I was just a punter at Hope Chapel, and I think Chris stood up and said, we're thinking, you know, there's this opportunity. Would anyone be interested? And I just thought it was the biggest no-brainer going so I was like, yeah, I'll, if no one else is going to do it, I'll do it. Um, and as I was listening to Claire and Stefania, as they were explaining what was going on, it sounded like mostly it was women and children that were coming from Ukraine. And I thought, ah, and Hope Chapel has a dream about being a church that children love. Hmm. And so we kind of like pulled on that thread a bit. And I had this picture of um, a birthday party and the joy that children feel at a birthday party, just the kind of, the, the chaos, but also in terms of just the joy and the, just the letting the hair down and just running around and just enjoying yourself and not being serious. And so we had this picture of a bouncy castle and we had a picture of um, face paint and water fights and food and just like music, and um, over time we've been able to build that, and um, it's had a bit of a growing reputation now as a, as a hub that, that is just really great for children. So we've now got loads of kids that come on a Thursday night, usually around 15, or most we've ever had is 17, uh, children just running around. Um, it can be quite stressful, peeling them off the bouncy castle, but particularly after you've just given loads of sugar, but um, it's worth it. And I just want to give a nod to Chloe because she's... just amazing with, with the mums. Um, more recently, um, there's been a lot of tears at the hub. There's been a lot of tears... Um, as the news back, you know, back home is coming through, when they're seeing their their, their um, pictures of Ukraine, um, worrying about their parents, their husbands, their dads, 
there's been quite a lot of emotion. And um, it's been such a privilege to just be there. I think um, one of the things I've learned about hospitality is a really, a really key thing is, is, is actually, actually involving your heart, making sure there's room in your heart. So there's one thing to set a table, but there's one, another thing entirely just to bring yourself um, and being emotionally available. And so we've, we've obviously had a lot of fun, but we've also shed a lot of tears. And it's, um, it's just been special. There's, um, there's so many stories, and I haven't got time to say them all, but just a couple. There's this little girl who's two in our hub, and she's been apart from her dad for now. It's coming up seven months, so that's a lot of her life. But, but she comes to the hub every week with her mum and her brother, and I was standing by the bouncy castle, and she just walked up to me and, and, and started holding my hand. I wasn't initiating it, but she just wanted to be close to someone. Um, and I realized, oh, I'm probably a common male figure in her life. And I just thought, wow, what a privilege, what a privilege uh, to be there and... Uh, it was special, and we've um, we've just tried to get to know each one, each one's story, however difficult it is. Yeah, so there's some older ones, some teenagers. There's, we've got a couple of boys that are just quite, quite cool, and one, one wants to be a boxer. And uh, Christy, who's a big part of the hub, is connected him with a local boxing gym now. Who's on this program, this boxing program, to be the next Vitaly Klitschko, probably. So when he does, you know, like. That would be awesome. Um, and when he has his first fight, we're going to be there, you know. We're just going to we're gonna be there for him because, you know, his, his dad's the other side of the country, uh, of the, you know, in Ukraine. And we want to be there for him. Um, so it's, it's – I just wanted to share those brief stories because I just wanted to get a flavor of, of what we're doing. It's, it's not very glamorous a lot of the time. But I, I really believe it's very profound. I think it's um, it goes down to the core of what humanity is all about. It's actually not very clever. If you, if you peel it back, it's very simple. It's about being there. And, uh, yeah, it's just a real privilege just, um, just to be with them each week, um, just to hear you know, their, 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 their fears for the future, their, their troubles, but just to, just to celebrate the small things when they get a job, you know, when, they, when their children are doing well at school, you know, whatever it is, it's just so good. Um, and one other highlight is um, we wouldn't be able to do this without um, friends from um, the Good Neighbor Church that meets here on a Friday. So just a beautiful community from Hong Kong who have also sought refuge in in this country, um, and they're just wonderful people, just with beautiful hearts, and uh, they just wanted to serve. It's, it was very awkward, because when I inducted them, and I was just sharing about what, we, what we're doing, and I was standing in front of about 10 of them, and I just felt very convicted that, you know, we could have done this for you too, um, is kind of how I felt. But they didn't bat an eyelid. They were just so grateful to be able to give back and I encourage you, if you can, on the 5th of February, shout out, sign up, come and meet them, 
come and share some food. The food's going to be good. And they're just well worth getting to know. Um, but similarly to with them, you know, they're just anxious to feel to feel more integrated. They, they want to build friendships. They're a bit nervous, actually, about meeting you all. But I'm sure you'll be, you know, be lovely and make sure you go and say hello and have a good chat. But they, they, are, they would love to build connections and, and build friendships, not just amongst themselves, because they have that connection. They have lots of Hong Kong connections. Um, but also, they want to meet English people and, and, you know, and build that friendship. So the fifth will be a great opportunity if you're around. Um, so, yeah, where was I going to land it? Yeah, so I think we've just really enjoyed doing this this hub with Ukrainians, but our hearts aren't just for Ukrainians. We were just, you know, there are so many displaced people in the world. Um, and I think I was on a call recently, and there's about nearly 800 asylum seekers in ho- hotels around Bristol, um, and including Western Supermare, the whole region. And uh, I would love for us just to keep extending the welcome and keep just making an effort to go and build friendship and to be available. Um, and yeah, because I think that's just so close to the heart of God. I think it's so close to the heart of, of the gospel. Um, and it's a real privilege. So, just stay up, stay up there a second, Joseph. So I'm going to wrap up with a couple of sort of observations about that and about um, God's economy and then lead us into some ministry time. But firstly, I'd love it if Chloe could come up to the front if she's here. And I think, can we just have a bit of a standing ovation for these guys running this hub? Because these guys just do week in, week out, absolutely amazing work. And, you know, we know that Jesus says that when we, when we feed the hungry and when we clothe the naked, that we're, we're feeding him and we're clothing him. And I can, for you guys, it's so obvious that you love these guys because you love them, but it's also because you clearly see Jesus in them. And you are like in Jesus's body being the body of Christ to them. And I know that they will see and experience Jesus through you. So thank you to you and Harry, who's part of the hub, and Christy. And I'm, I'm, I know that there are others, and I'm sorry that I can't list off all the names. Would you like to list off the names? Let's yeah. Sorry for not doing that earlier. Yeah, sorry. I just got into a bit of a... So Harry is a really big part of the hub. He really helps things move. Christy does a lot of the cooking, as does Vicky Stansfield, which is really helpful. Um, um, Becca and Rory did a wonderful work in the summer. That was so helpful. Uh, with the children, that was so powerful. Um, Francie, I don't know if you know Francie, who was the... She lives locally. She's recently joined the team. Which is great, um, and and Paul Westbury and and Helen are involved as well. So it's been yeah a real gift to have yeah a really great team. So thank you guys. Thank you for representing Jesus to those people. Oh yeah. And Hannah, Hannah Lehman has also been really really helpful, like just getting us to Bouncy Castle and administratively she does an amazing work.
and shout out to the donors who bought the Bouncy Castle. Thank you. So, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. And we as a church are blessed by you like representing us in that way to that community. So thank you. So two observations about the dynamics of God's economy that I think we see in both of those stories that we will then pray into um, quickly as a church. The first is um, prophetic imagination. You can see in both of those stories that God has, um, we, we have access to blueprints for how to run the economy in God's way, how to do things in God's way that others don't have access to. Um, David is always prayerful and always visionary, but it was notable, the vision you had for Warm Welcome and how you acted on it and took a risk when we were quite stretched at GFP with resources and time and you just were like, we need to do this and we're going to pour some more resources and time into it. And um, and I, I really noticed that and that was, that was an example. And, you know, throughout the Bible, God gives all sorts of random plans for getting things done like taking a tiny army against a massive one or walking around a city and blowing some trumpets or um, going and looking in the mouth of a fish for some money and again a child's birthday party it's not how lots of the other hubs have done it but it's just from the heart of God and it's brilliant and you were given that vision and you've done it so the first thing that I think is so key to God's economy and that I'd love us to um all pray for in our different workplaces and our households and all the economies that we work in is for for God's prophetic imagination to keep uh, fueling us to keep giving us blueprints for how to do things to keep showing us how even when it looks like there's not enough or something's not going to work he always has a plan to bring Jesus to people and to provide for people and I know there are people in this church who have had prophetic imagination and you are in the um the difficult phase where you're trying to plod it out and work it out and it's not easy and i'd love for us to pray for you for endurance um and steadfastness in continuing to see that blueprint even when the finances and the team and the circumstances don't look anywhere like they're going that way and the second thing is being a people of welcome because that is an economic thing because it's scary to offer welcome because we might not have the money to do it and we might not have feel like we have the time to do it or the energy to do it. And I think there is a, a fear that stops us from being welcoming because there's a sense of like, well, I don't really even have enough for myself. So how could I welcome someone else into it? And again, I think God's economy is about um, the things that we've heard in all the previous preachers in this in this um, series about standing in faith, that God is a God of resources. And that's not just money. It is time and as someone recovering from long-term chronic fatigue it's energy um and i i would love us to pray um that we would be a people of welcome and keep uh standing in faith that we can do that and be really real about the fact that if we are tired and uh, don't have enough money that, that that's not pretending that's not there but asking the lord okay what what do you want me to do with my little two fish and five loaves? Um, so I think that applies to all of us. So I'd love for us in tables to just, I think we're going to have a couple of minutes of worship, like one song of worship, just to ask God and, and pray for each other around those things. And I'd also love to ask if a couple of you would come and pray for us 
normally maybe we should be ministering to you, but actually we need your prayers um, as we continue this work. We'd love for more people to come and be part of the hub team here at Hope. I'm just going to put that out on behalf of these two. Like, what an amazing team to join. We do need more people. Please ask God, I'm praying that, you know, the Lord might have some people that are being spoken to right now about that. And in our work, we are going to be speaking to some church leaders this Tuesday about um, welcoming refugees more generally in the city. And we'd love your prayers for, for that faith, for welcome and generosity when church leaders are feeling very tired and stressed. So if Duncan, you're happy to come and play one song, could like three or four or five people come and pray for us selfishly? And um, yeah, I'd love for you to just in tables, wait and pray with each other around prophetic imagination and being people of welcome. Is that clear? Okay. And then Chris is going to wrap us up after about a song. So yeah, I don't know if three, four, five people are up for coming in, praying for us at the front. Do carry on praying, mate. There's no need to, no need to rush off. But um, uh, if you've got children to collect, and uh, now's the time to do that, you could bring them back in here and carry on praying. So we'll have a kind of soft, soft close of the service here. And uh, do stick around. And uh, great to be with you. Great to worship Jesus with you. Bless you this week as uh, people of God's ideas out there in the world. Bless your prophetic imagination. I'm going to pray a prayer on behalf of all of us. Thank you, Lord, for these stories that uh, Joseph and David and Claire have shared. Thank you that we get to be part of your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you that we are, we're salt and we're light. Jesus says, that bring flavor, bring solutions, bring insight. And bless us and lead us this week and going forward as we do that. Amen.